the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed in the following program may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Keep on in Colorado. Hello and welcome. My name is Maria Oliver. This week we talk about money matters and the kids. What do they know about money and how what they don't know could hurt you. We're being joined by Greg Merced. He's a certified financial planner, the CEO of MyJobCharts.com, and a father of six. Hello, Greg. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Maria. Good to be on with you. All righty. Now, it looks like we're having a bit of a push involving educating our youth on money and finance. How are you involved in this movement? I talk to so many parents and grandparents, and I ask them this very simple question, which is, do you think they should teach personal finance in schools? <laughs> and every one of them say, yeah, I just don't understand why they don't. And this is a problem that, that we've had in this country for a very long time. And it's crazy because everybody thinks that that should be taught in school. And it absolutely should. And the reason it should is because that's the kind of skill set that kids are going to use every day of their lives. Um, I remember when I went to high school, a couple of the classes that I took, one was French, the other one was ceramics, haven't done anything with either of those things in my entire life. And so it's like, why are we not changing the dynamic there and really teaching kids what they need to learn so that they can make good financial decisions for the rest of their lives? Because that's what they're going to be doing every day. Like, if you think about it, we make so many financial decisions every single day why aren't we figuring that out earlier and back in my day <laughs> they did actually teach us how to balance a checkbook and, and i know checkbooks are obsolete how to balance a checkbook and actually how to take care of a, a balance sheet as far as assets and liabilities now they don't teach the kids that anymore what's going on with that you must have went to some really fancy. No, I'm I'm old. <laughs> I'm very very old. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, you heard the word checkbook. Well. Come on now. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my goodness! I, when I hear checkbook, I start to get the heebie-jeebies. It's a good it's a good point you bring up because um, you know things like balancing a checkbook and things like that have really become obsolete because money has changed. So let's think about this for a minute. I believe that gone are the days when we need to teach our kids about money with some pig up on your your dresser that you shove paper bills in and drop coins into or put into envelopes and stuff like that on your desk. Like, 
money is not like that anymore. How many of us walk around with a big wad of cash in our pockets or our purses? Um, not very many, Mm-mm. because money is invisible these days. It's truly invisible. Um, when kids learn about money, they're learning about something that is literally just a, 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 some numbers on a screen. So it's completely different than it used to be. And because of that, we need to teach them in a completely different way. And we need to do that in a way that's invisible. And it might seem like, well, that's kind of weird. Maybe that's a little difficult, but it's actually not. It makes it easier to teach kids about this. Because when you use technology, it keeps track of all this stuff. You don't have to sit down for three hours at the end of the month and try to, quote, balance your checkbook. A lot of apps and a lot of services that we have right now, they put stuff in a sequence where it makes it easy for you to understand, oh, that's what I did with my money. Like that kind of stuff, it makes it actually more transparent than it used to be. Imagine spending cash like you don't, you know, maybe a month later, you don't even remember that you bought the Slurpee at the store or you bought those pair of shoes because you use cash. There's no record of it. And you just flat out forgot. And it makes it harder to understand what you did with your money because because you have no record of it. Invisible money in this electronic age, you always have a record. You always kind of can go back and figure things out and understand what you're doing. Totally different way of thinking um, because the nature of money is literally changing, becoming digital and invisible more and more every single day. Now, here in Colorado, we have roughly about 641 high schools, roughly, but only 13 require a personal finance course for graduation. So is financial literacy really important for the kids right now, or is this something that we can just push to the side in in place of, you know, ceramics? (laughs) No, this is the thing. It's actually more important than ever. Um, But I don't quite understand uh, why we're focusing on finance courses for graduation. Graduation is looking in high school when we're talking graduation. That's in high school. I believe that that is way too late anyway. So think of it this way. I think we need to be teaching personal finance in elementary and middle school because what that does is it lays a foundation for a kid to start understanding how money works before they get kind of like their first real job and actually start earning a lot of money. So we need to lay that foundation much more um, early so that they can be responsible with the money that they start earning in high school. I don't understand why we don't lay that foundation first. The best place to lay that foundation, I believe, is in your own home for a couple of reasons. Number one, when you're 11, you can't go out and get a job at McDonald's or somewhere else (laughs) Like, you can't do that. You have to get that job at your house. And that goes back to chores, right? And learning how to earn. Like, if you make that connection early on with a kid, like, oh, you want money? Then go do something. That's reality. Because I don't know about you, but I've been looking, and I still haven't found a job where you show up, do nothing, and get paid. (laughs) That's not reality. It doesn't work like that. So... If a kid can learn that in their own house and then they get paid by the parents because the parents are the ones with the money, 
that is the best little like ecosystem to learn this early on in life. Super important thing, doing it at home. Even if the schools kind of like never figure this out, which they haven't for a long time, and now everybody's all laser focused on high school supposedly, it's too late. They're missing the mark. We got to take responsibility as parents and say, well, whatever they figure out in school is great, but I'm taking charge of what this kid's going to learn in my own home. How literate or, or illiterate are today's kids as far as money is concerned? Do they, they have comprehension of money, or are they thinking PayPal and Bitcoin? Or, where are they with things as far as realistic understanding of money matters? Well, I think that that's the thing. I, I, I think a lot of kids are struggling with this concept because it's changed so much. And, and I think they're struggling even more because parents are kind of grappling with, how do I teach my kid this thing? How do I teach them about money? Um, I might not be all that great at managing my own money as a parent. So how do I go ahead and teach that? I think, I think a lot of kids are pretty illiterate when it comes to money matters. Uh, I think a lot of parents kind of put themselves in that bucket. If you look at, you know, family debt and how much we, you know, save as a family and stuff like that, all those numbers tend to reinforce the fact that kind of all of us could use a little help in this area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're all somewhat illiterate when it comes to this stuff. Literate when it comes to personal finance is transparency. So I think nowadays it's great for a parent or a grandparent even to sit on the couch with their kid or grandkid and next time you're sitting there, let's say you have your your tablet or your phone sitting there and next time you get like a ding, you get an email, right? Mm -hmm. Which we all get a million of them every day and it's a bill, okay? It's like the electric bill. It comes in. Like that's how bills come now, right? Few of us get like paper bills in the mail so much as they show up in our email box, right? Mm -hmm. This is a perfect time for a parent, grandparent to say, hey, Johnny, I just got the electric bill and I live in, and we live in Phoenix and it's August and say, holy smokes, our electric bill was $700 this month. Can you believe that? You know how long it takes to earn 700 bucks? Boom, you're right into a conversation Mm -hmm. and you're a little bit more transparent. So now when Johnny gets barked at because you're like, hey, close the door, (laughs) he'll know why. Now, and on the flip side of that, what are some of the the bad finance habits uh, that we're kind of passing along to the young people? I know mine is I I always wait to the last (laughs) second to pay a bill. (sighs) Hey, well, that's not too bad. You're doing pretty good then. (laughs) But I think one of the bad patterns is, you know, credit card debt. Let's be real. I mean, most Americans have some credit card debt, um, and it's not a good thing, right? It's not a good pattern. It's not a good trend. And you know, I don't know. I don't know that most of us are very uh, proud that we have credit card debt. I would say that's another one that's a great thing to pass along to a kid by once again using a little transparency. Sit there and say, you know what? You could pull this out in in five minutes. I've got two cards here. Sally, what's the difference between these two cards? And she'll say, I don't know. They look like Visa. They, they look the same to me. One's a debit card and one's a credit card. Let me tell you the difference between the two. 
boom, you're teaching them right there, and you can be a little bit vulnerable, a little bit transparent and say, you know what, I'm going to have to pay you know, $64 extra this month because I, I bought too much stuff, and I don't have the money to pay it. So I think that's a great way to try to start helping our kids like learn the patterns and trends that we're maybe stuck in that we don't want to be in. Um, and you know what it'll do also? It'll help us be a little more accountable to ourselves because now we know our kid knows. <laughs> it's a great way to teach, right? Um, yeah. Once again, just by maybe being a little more transparent. And, and just on that note, are we, as a country, are, are we spending and saving responsibly just, just as American citizens across the board? No, of course not. Are you kidding me? The American way is to spend more than we have. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Which, once again, reinforces why this is so important to get kind of in into our into the next generation earlier. They got they got to start really understanding financial fundamentals, and those fundamentals are this: you earn money, and then you divide it up into three buckets. Like this is truly reality. All of us go to work as parents. We earn some money, and then what we need to do is we need to save a little bit, invest it in our 401k or something, right? Mm-hmm. We need to share a little bit with our church or charity, something we care about, and then we spend the rest. Like, that's Finance 101. A lot of, you know, Americans now go all to the spend bucket. Yeah. <laughs> 100% in the spend, and let's go party. But it doesn't get you anywhere in the long run, and it's really a bad idea, um, you know, fundamentally. But if we can reinforce with this next generation, wait, 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 when you earn some money, you got to split it up in those three buckets. You save a little bit, you share a little bit, and then you spend. Like if you do that kind of right out of the gate and get them into that kind of mindset, it sticks. These kids are really smart. Um, I've done this. I've got six kids of my own. Three have left the nest and three are still here. And I'm trying to kick them out. Um, and and literally, the three that have left all have left with thousands and thousands of dollars saved up. And that's not because I'm like this great dad who just knows everything, um, you know. But you teach them the fundamentals really kind of early in the game, and they start to understand it. And they start being a little more cognizant of what they're doing. And, and uh, next thing you know, they got more money than you do. Okay. Yeah, now on that note of teaching financial literacy, there's an app for that. You touched on it a little bit. Tell us a little bit about BusyKids.com. Yeah, so think of it this way. Think of it as your kid's first job with direct deposit, okay? Like I said, a kid who's 9, 8, 11, they, they can't go out and get a real job. So that real job becomes at your house. You give them some chores to do. They're going to go take out the garbage. They're going to clean up after the dog. They're going to, you know, make their bed. They're going to mow the lawn, whatever. And they're going to start making the connection between, oh, I got to do something to earn money, (laughs) which is a great lesson to learn. And once they do those chores, our system's going to keep track of it. And then every Thursday, you as a parent are going to get a notification that says, hey, Johnny's earned 15 bucks this week. You want to pay him, yes or no? And all you have to do is say yes. And we're going to pull that money from your bank account into our system, 15 bucks, and then we're going to divide it up in those three buckets, saving, sharing, and spending, reinforcing that balanced financial approach. 
automatically. So all you have to do is say yes as a parent. It makes it so much easier. And you don't have to think, oh, shoot, I got to go to the bank to get a 20 to break it, buy a pack of gum at the, the, the gas station so that I get the $15 to, to pay him his allowance this week. Like, that's just terrible. It's ridiculous. It drives you crazy. Isn't that an amazing way to not only teach, you know, work ethic, but how to balance your money in a very methodical and systematic way? Super easy. So that's really what Busy Kid is. It's a system that you can put in place in your family to do just that. And also kind of meeting the kids on their level because, of course, everything that they do is computerized and, and is kind of technology-based. So giving them something that they're already using and kind of sliding a little bit of extra knowledge, and that, that's pretty great. I mean, you're teaching, like, compound interest, finance rates, how money actually tangibly works. Have you heard any impact or any received any input from, from parents who are using these tools and teaching these kids, have you received any feedback from them, a positive or negative, or even just, wow, I didn't know that was there in the first place? Here's what we hear. We, we hear all the time that this makes my life easier as a parent because, what, once again, um, parents are struggling to figure out how to teach their kids about money um, because they're trying to teach their kids about something that they never see. So it's a it's a real kind of difficult situation when you're trying to teach your kid about something that's invisible. And so this is what makes it happen. Um, it reinforces good financial practices right from the beginning. Um, and so if they start off thinking, oh, wait, I can't just spend the whole 15 bucks, um, that's a great that's a great thing to reinforce right out of the gate because then that changes their mindset. They're not going to just blow everything they get. And imagine the impact that that has over a kid's lifetime. I mean, imagine when they go and spend a little bit of their allowance money by buying some Ford stock. Like, that's amazing. And it totally changes the way they think about money altogether and now they have a little skin in the game, and they're going to be much more, you know, attentive to that money because they worked for it, and then they bought the Ford stock. And then what's going to happen is they're going to get their, you know, a, a real job when they're 21 and whatever, and they're going to say, oh, yeah, we offer a 401k that has stocks in it, mutual funds or whatever. And they're going to think, whoa, 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 I've seen this before, and they're going to maximize their match. They're going to be in such a better financial position down the road because they get it, and they get it early. Now, the Treasury Department recently reported that our total outstanding public debt is just a little bit over $22 trillion and rising. So obviously, we're a nation of spenders and consumers. I'm sorry, over-the-budget spenders. <laughs> uh, with this program exactly. and programs like it, what are your hopes or, or goals for the, the future of our country's financial future and, and the future of the kids and, and what they're going to do with their finances? Yeah, so this is a really big question, and it's actually really scary because that is such a huge number, and it just keeps growing, and it's, um, we, we need to concentrate on this um, and you know I don't want to go off on a big uh, huge 
why do we keep doing this kind of from a governmental level. But when it comes to a family, we're kind of all tracking with this, right? And the typical family has less than $1,000 saved up for a rainy day. Um, you know, th- these, these kinds of things are kind of systemic all across the board. You look at student loan debt. You look at personal credit card debt. Everything is debt, debt, debt. And the only way to start changing this is by changing the mindset of the next generation. I'm not saying we can't teach old dogs new tricks, but um, I think we might as well start teaching the young pups. Because those that have less debt have more options. Imagine what we could do when we get our you know, uh, post-college jobs. We can invest more in our 401ks. We could open up a business. We could, like, you know, we could do things uh, that we couldn't otherwise do if we're just loaded down with debt all the time. So this is a really big problem. We need to start making a lot of changes as a country, but we also need to just focus on teaching the next generation that this isn't okay. So we got to figure that out earlier in the game and help them so that they can be more successful in the years to come. Okay, Greg. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all the information with us uh, about BusyKids.com, about how important financial literacy is. Now, looking a little bit more toward the doom and gloom side, what happens if we don't teach the next generation uh, different patterns from our own? What if happens if we don't teach them basic financial literacy? Maria, here's the doom and gloom. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. They're going to be living with you in your basement till they're about 35 years old. <laughs> and, uh, who wants that, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want them to get, get out of our house. There you go. On your own. In all sincerity and joking aside, we want to teach the next generation how to manage their money properly so that they can become successful contributing members of society Mm -hmm. and literally not not have to like you know put a drag on parents because you see you look at the numbers a lot of parents are sacrificing their own retirement sacrificing their own future for their kids because they don't get this stuff and and it's really kind of becoming a not only a drag on the parents but it's also just stifling the ability of the next generation to fly on their own, to make great contributions, and to just become the best selves that they can be. So, like, we literally, I'm I'm being a little cute about, hey, they're going to be living in your basement forever, but, you know, that's truly, like, we don't want that. And to get out and be successful on their own, and I believe two of the most important skills that they need is they need to have work ethic, they need to know that, you know what, i got to get out of the couch. i got to quit dorking around on Instagram all day and watching Netflix till 2 in the morning. i got to do something with my life and learn how to work. And then if I can do that, I'm going to earn some money. And then i got to manage that properly. So if you can really kind of get those two primary life skills into your kid, work ethic and how to manage their money smarter, those two things are going to compensate for a whole lot of other maybe deficiencies because it just drives them forward in a way that's very impactful and very empowering. I guess that would kind of be my two cents at the end of this here, which is get into your kids and into your grandkids and instill within them the desire to work hard 
and manage their money right and use technology to do it. Use a system like BusyKid or something else, but use a system that teaches them in a technologically engaging way so that they can get this stuff. And if you do, and even if you're remotely, like, kind of consistent with it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to give them a leg up in this world in such a big way that they're really going to be successful. And that's what we want for our kids. That's what we want for our grandkids, the next generation. We want them to be even more successful than we are, and this is the best way to do it. Teach them how to work and manage their money. Thank you so much, Greg. We appreciate you joining us and and definitely making, well, not light of, but just not making it such a heavy topic. And and just for the record, as a father of six, you get to make jokes about whatever you want. (laughs) Just so you know. All righty. I've been through it. Oh, I love it. Thanks, Maria. Greg Merced for giving us the tools we need to teach the kids basic money matters. And don't forget, there's an app for that. You can go to BusyKid.com for more details. That's BusyKid.com. That does it for our show this week. I'm Maria Oliver, and this is Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.